We are not millennials. We are matured. Brought up on collaboration as an art form. Delivered as value. Hey, Steve. Hey, Moraine. How are you doing? I am very relaxed after this wonderful barbecue that we just had. Yeah, if you caught it with our Facebook post, then it's recording night, but the weather's so good. We got together early and uh, I put on my apron and uh, did a few meaties and uh, vegetables. Yep. And yeah, that yep. Was cool. yep. Yes, exactly. Uh, and, and like a good guest, Moraine bought something to drink. <laughs> you probably can guess what it is. <laughs> it, yes, it was water. Of course, it's a cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I did bring lettuce with me. <laughs> you did bring lettuce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was so funny. He has his bag with him. He comes every, every, every uh, podcast with his bag. And uh, I knew that he was bringing some whiskey. We'll talk to you about it later because it's. Mm. Uh, I can guarantee, folks, just... We always say we'll present you with a whiskey you've never tasted. I guarantee you have never got this unless you were one of the lucky, how many? I, I don't know, a few hundred. A few hundred maybe. people that managed to get the uh, Kilholman Experimental Cask Tasting Pack because it's now sold out, part of the Fiesta. So we're going to taste a few whiskeys that uh, you've not tasted before. Yep. Well, we tasted them already, in fact, but we're going to huh. talk about them later. But then he also took out a lettuce and went, <laughs> anyone want a lettuce? <laughs> and, you know, it was going to go rotten in his fridge, so he thought he'd bring it along as well. Exactly, you know? yeah. And we don't even have rabbits. Yep. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> All right. All right, yes. It's uh, been an interesting week for announcements, actually, these last two or three weeks uh, with yes. Build and all kinds of other stuff. Exactly, exactly. So Build, the big developer conference where everything really technical and, and development focused uh, was coming out. Um, we had ESPC that just started yes, today, uh, yesterday. No, it started today yeah. and I've just mm -hmm. uh, listened to Jeff. Yep. spouting some great figures we'll took on those in a minute yeah and also i had an experience this week where i decided to look at my own secure score uh on on my podcast uh i'm oh, sorry on my tenant yep. on this podcast mm -hmm. i'll talk about it and the whiskey yes. was very very good um, <laughs> but uh yeah so that was also a surprise so we've actually got lots to talk about if we want to cover everything yes um let's start off with jeff Yes, start so off with Jeff. So Jeff did the keynote at ESBC 21. Yes, and the first question he asked, he got to answer on the uh, question and answer was mine. Ooh. And then he didn't answer it. Oh. But there you go. Dear but that's Jeff. quite normal. Dear Jeff, <laughs> yes, that's what I wrote on my notes. Yes. But there's a couple but of great... What, 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 what was the question? Um, my question was that um, I've been reading around, and I think you've mentioned the same thing, that whenever Viva's mentioned and they talk about the four pillars of Viva, mm -hmm. that they already have the next kind of three pillars not ready to go, but they're working on them. Yeah. So I asked him which areas they were going to cover. Mm -hmm. And of course, he went, I don't have my marketing people here. So I kind of yeah, not allowed I, I, to say. No, he actually I said, that. I get into trouble. Yeah. Uh, but he was honest enough to say, look, I know I'm not giving you an answer, uh, but we understand there's a, a huge amount of growth area in, in this with the hybrid working, with the well-being yep. of the people, with yep. the relationship between the people, the computer and the data that uh so it could be everything it could be anything everything yes. and anything yes you're absolutely right oh. but but he was talking about some of the stats which always pretty amazed me and he also did a really good job of positioning everything which i thought was good so it's worth, uh -huh. i'll give you a quick kind of you know 45 hours of, of rundown on what he said well maybe a few minutes um uh, he's been quoting this number of 145 million daily people accessing MS Teams, of course. Wow, that is so, that's such a massive number. I, I remember last year in February, we 
we're talking about what was that 35 million something along something those lines. like that oh but he also said quite rightly as well that people obviously uh, are using it and seeing it as as a communication tool yep. but they're also going hey we can use this offline and online in meetings and out of meetings so this yep. this app is really cr so he says that's a benefit to everybody and absolutely also because a lot of my customers are only using teams for meetings and chat yeah, and yeah. Um, I think messaging is probably one of the biggest drivers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think the what I find in terms of my customers and my usage for the people that I'm working with is if I want to send somebody a link to something, I used to send email. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And if I wanted to raise a query, I would send a ServiceNow ticket. Yeah. But now because we set up some channels called how do I do this, we're suddenly getting all the queries in Teams and it's surprisingly easier to deal with the Teams channel than it is with the Snow ticket, for example. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not getting the governance and management of no, that exactly. error correction. You can't close a ticket. You no. can't see which ones haven't been answered yet. So. No. Yeah. And after our podcast 4059 where you taught me how to access the notifications in ms teams yeah. and mm -hmm. you teased me with the multiple ways of accessing uh, document <laughs> libraries which i instantly followed up the following day yeah. which was a real benefit thank mm -hmm. you very much for that um then uh, i think that uh, people are starting to uh, you know i'm starting to realize yes this this it's it's email and messaging Exactly. Um, yes, and, but uh, and, yeah. I still think that's twice as much as I used to do. So, but we'll we'll yes. get there. I yes. will. I will get there. Exactly. But they also talked to us about the SharePoint storage, which they quote as being a hundred petabyte petabytes of storage for SharePoint content. Wow, that is so much. <laughs> so is. for for the people that are following me on Twitter, I uh, posted an, an image last week uh, for one of my customers. Uh, so when you log into the SharePoint Admin Center, you can actually see how much disk space is available for you. And one of my larger customers currently has 28 petabytes available to them. <laughs> it's like, what? Yes, that large customer. 10 gigs <laughs> default plus half a gig for every license exactly. you buy. Yeah, something like that. But, but this is educational uh, customer. But they still have 26 petabytes free. Wow. So they've got some work to do. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Mm -hmm. So, But the main reason that Jeff was talking about that was because of, of them positioning um, the work that he does. Mm -hmm. So basically he had a great slide that identified Microsoft 365, and then he broke it down into five distinct areas, which okay. I thought was quite neat. Is what, that is that a little bit like the like the pie chart that we no, got in, in SharePoint was, 2007? It was amazingly simple. It had... Okay. It had Microsoft 365 as a title yeah. and five little words underneath it. Okay. And that was it. So uh, I'm fairly sure once the marketing people see it and say, no, no, <laughs> no, no two no. straight lines, no, yes. not acceptable. Um, but it he, he, he was really quite cool. So he talked about trust, of course, which we, we saw, yes. you know, yes. um, Satya talking about in Ignite, yeah. uh, about people need to trust us. And then he talked about collaboration. So he talked about mm -hmm. teams. Very much that's where that area is yes. and that growth. Then he talked about content, which, of course, is where SharePoint okay, is. Yeah. So they they categorized, they've nicely kind of worked out where that fits together. Then mm -hmm. they talked about people, which, of course, had the tag of Viva. Yeah. So that was cool. And then they talked about processes, which is where they talk about apps. But power, I also, also, power platform. And I also and, put power platform yeah. in there. I'd already wrote power platform and then he talked about apps. Yeah. But he's right, of course. You know, power platform from an end user perspective is just a series of apps mm -hmm. on, mm -hmm. on Teams. So I really liked the way that they divided that into five areas. And then he broke them down into a number of other slides. Yeah. And, and that was effectively uh, all he got to in terms of breaking them down. So there was nothing breathtakingly new. Um, but he described Viva quite interesting as the next level for Microsoft 365. So it, yeah. it's interesting the way they're positioning it, when in reality, yeah. I'm not entirely sure that's true. No, and I, I, can, I can see that happening with Viva Connections, where it has that whole knowledge management sphere in it and then the the, the syntax uh, thing where you get those automated uh, scanning things. I can definitely see that going into content, like the next level of content management. But then the other ones, like, okay, so now we've got that uh, Viva um, 
Uh, I always forget the name. Insights, the one, no, learning. The, no, the other one. The one where you get your internet into Teams. Connections. Uh, no. Uh, yes, connections. Uh, the other one was topics, of course. Yes, and I, I thought mixed, I was the one that was struggling I, with I'm this I'm always yeah. mixing those two up. So, indeed, no. Topics is the knowledge management one. The connections is the one that will bring you that next level intranet. But, well, yeah. It was interesting, the, the way that they were selling this, which made put an extra level on it to me, because mm -hmm. I've, I've read a lot about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to playing with it, because it's due out very, very soon, if yeah. you've not already got it. Have you got it yet? No. no? Anyway, so it's very soon. But it was talking about um, the fact that they were, by using the fluid interface and everything else that comes with with Teams, uh, with SharePoint, and obviously SharePoint pages in Teams, you're able to bring these cards in, which actually gives you quick access to a whole bunch of information. Yes. But and so that connections is not just about putting an internet page in, it's about building a page that is customized for you. Yeah. So it very much is about collaboration. Exactly. But, but that is indeed the next level of what they're going to do with Fiva Connections. With yeah. that whole web part is to bring in those cards that can give you all kinds of quick access to data yep. and i think that will be that will be super relevant yeah i got the impression if you glossed over it and there's a bigger story there that will come there out later. is a bigger story yeah. when they're gonna bring it out uh, because it will bring you lots of possibilities but that also means you need to connect your data to all these things because it would be super cool if you get for example on your internet if you're one of the IT people that you would see all the open uh, top desk tickets, for example. Yes, but that's very cool. But then you still need to connect your top desk to your Office 365 in order to get that data. So I see a lot of data connections that have to be made in, in the next year or something. But yeah. you also touched on Fluid. And yes. that I, I've seen a few demos of on, on the Fluid framework. If you haven't seen anything on Fluid framework, Take a look at YouTube or whatever, like Visa, Yuvonen uh, did some awesome demos about that. And I really see that it's it's not mature at all. In Let's say in two or three years time, maybe. But that is going to revolutionize the way we all work. Everyone who works with Office 365. This is going to be mind-boggling totally new forget word forget excel forget powerpoint forget sharepoint this fluid framework is just gonna mix it all together and make sure that all that content lives somewhere and it's it's accessible from everywhere and you can do all kinds of stuff from all over the place and it will all be mixed in one version and oh okay, sweet you're excited. jesus it's you're gonna excited. be awesome mark cashman mark cashman i got yes. the name right mark cashman last week i was on a session with him um for it was a four-hour session it was a long one uh -huh. and he started talking about fluid yeah. um and he was saying that it's as simple as this if you're working on an excel spreadsheet so mm -hmm. you have cells a10 to K25, yeah. you can take those cells and email them to somebody in fluid. Yeah. And I'm saying in fluid, obviously, well, yes. I don't know how it works. Yes, but as, a as, a, table, as a fluid table, yeah. And then you can, they can, and then when you send it back to you, it just inserts itself into the Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. In fact, no, he didn't say that. He said they're already working inside the Excel spreadsheet. Exactly. But you've so, only sent them those fields. Yes, so you can send them through Teams or through email yeah. and they can just start writing in those cells and it will automatically update your own Excel. Yeah, and if you think about it's it. It's crazy. Of course. It's just XML. I mean, the whole point of XML yes. is that it's it's itemized, sectionalized. It's it, you can drop stuff in at different points. I get that, but how far did we come from that new I file know. type in two thousand and seven, where we now have DocX and XLS X yeah, and it. PPTX? I get it. And I I never thought ten years ago that we would go oh. this this route. And I I'm, it's gonna be <laughs> it is gonna be awesome. It's gonna be brilliant. It's gonna be light years for uh collaboration yes okay good yeah you're done yes because you were really excited then yes i i am <laughs> i am really 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 super excited i tell you about what worries framework. me is how the sudden hell do you manage it how do you add in compliance and protection to stuff like that when you can pull out part of so it's all right saying that hey XML, dead easy. We can put a marker point, blah, 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 take it out. But then I have to know who's changed it. So when you drop yeah. that back in, what version does the new document become? 
does it matter? Yes. Yes, probably. But <laughs> it but does. It does. To it's, anyway, it's the same thing. It's the same thing with you've got with your files right now. Everybody. So you've got a file on SharePoint. Six you've, people editing at the exactly. same time. What version yes. gets saved? Exactly. I get that. Yeah. I get that. But the the point about that is though is if I send somebody a spreadsheet, part of a spreadsheet to work on, mm-hmm. and then six of us start working on the spreadsheet, and we're now at version seven, version eight, version nine, mm-hmm. and then this spread this comes back. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I'm guessing he gets updated in yes. real time. Yes, yes, exactly. That would make sense. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so hidden behind the, the scenes of this innocent sort of, you know, I won't call it a sales presentation. It wasn't, but mm-hmm. an outline of where this is. And it was good to get a stake in the ground and go, yeah. this is where we're at. Yeah. Obviously, there was a lot more stuff behind it that I could yeah, hear, which no, was really absolutely, cool. absolutely, yeah. It was really quite cool. Yeah. Um. And so and so that was the first thing that uh, that happened today. So yeah, dear Jeff, it was great. Always great to see him. At one point, they they managed to get the sound wrong. So he he was talking, and then his voice was also talking at least four seconds later. Oops. So there was oh, like, no. one hell of an echo on it. Um. But, you would uh, think that after more than one year in lockdown, with everything being virtual, that something like this wouldn't happen anymore. But to be honest, it happens to all of us every day. I had a stupid thought when it happened. I was thinking to myself, I'm a zookeeper. Like, this is how stupid it was. Mm-hmm. I'm a zookeeper and I've been looking after this lion since it was a little kitteny lion yeah, thing. you know? cute, yes. And, and now it's an adult would yeah. I put my hand in with a piece of steak and say, here's a piece of steak? <laughs> and yeah. managing sound and video across to hundreds yeah. of people online is oh. exactly the same. Yeah. Do I trust it enough to let it go on its own? No. It has to be monitored and checked. And and, exactly. some, and this one got the hand bitten off and, and lost yeah. control of it a while. I, I still so. remember, um, when was that, last year with a customer, we were trying to get... Um, teams up and running there as well so we did some kind of an uh, of an AMA session so me and the IT manager were sitting in a in a meeting room and everyone in the same building could just log on to the team's meeting and ask us questions which of course got the network fully congested and nobody (laughs) could log in and nobody could hear us and we were wondering why nobody was asking questions so yeah I, I totally get it it's super difficult yeah. No, it, it can be. I yeah. mean, we think we have it under control, but uh, you have you people involved. You have strange technology. You have yeah. that chaotic voice signal. Mm-hmm. So it can get out of control. So the other thing uh, I said that uh, uh, was interesting this week was me looking at my secure score. But I think yeah. I want to kind of, let's save that one till yeah. next time, mm-hmm. I think. Because I think it's interesting. So uh, let's stick with, with Teams a little bit. The other thing yeah. I should let everybody know is that because we had this barbecue and a little bit of our, uh, to use a term um, from Jeff's presentation today, we had a collaborative application moment where we socialized. A collaborative um, liquor moment, uh, yes. <laughs> then we didn't do our structure exercise that we've been so good at just recently. Oh, no. So we're, we're yes. flying by the seat of our pants again, which exactly. is cool. Yeah. So that's the kind of postca- podcast you get in this time. Yes, and, uh, exactly. Yeah. And basically, mm-hmm. my only comment is kind of tough shit, really, because that's, <laughs> that's what it is. All right, so... Yes. Um, we talked about what's new in Teams and things. So uh, this week's been rather well, special because it's post-build. Yes, exactly. So at Build, of course, a lot of things were announced uh, for developers, mainly uh, a bunch of things that, uh, of course, developers can now add to uh, Teams, like uh, build uh, additions on, on Teams meetings. But there were two things that really struck my fancier that that i really liked and one of them was uh that there will now be a way to make your own teams applications really look like your company applications something really to to blend into uh, what the company does so that was number one and number two can you explain that a bit are you talking about branding your application yes exactly branding applications to be to to make them look like your own company application so for example when you got an application that you bought on teams or you installed on teams that you can really make it uh, look with with your own company logo and stuff so if i'm using teams for external meetings and i have a, a third party app 
Yes, so I can exactly. actually make if that you third use... party app with my logos and my colors. Exactly. For example, nice. when you do one of those, um, what are those uh, applications that you can use to um, ask people questions that they can use their phone to respond? Like Yeah, like Forms um, or Slido or something. Slido and those things. So if you take one of those, you can actually brand them as your own company application. Got it. So All things right. like that. But the other one, that one got me really super excited. Well, you're not going to get excited and again, are no, you? No, no, we, no. We can't it, deal with it twice in it, a night in one podcast. I get that. But it got a lot of people excited uh, on Twitter as well. And I don't know if you follow uh, Mr. T, the Mr. Teams T, oh, who think, always do I that, think, that I, I pity the fool. Really. Yes. So what they announced was that you can now create your own together mode scenes. Oh, I did follow that one up, yes, correct? Yes, yes. A couple of days ago. Yes, and I, I definitely tried it out, of course, immediately. And it's super easy to do that. So you get this little, um, it's called a developer portal. But what you actually do is you say, okay, I want to make a new together mode for five people, ten people. And you drop an image in there and then you have these little yeah, people boxes and you just move them to where you want the people to appear. And then you can pack it up with one click of a button, save it, and then share it to your, to your Teams environment. But I couldn't get it to appear on Teams yet because Teams is not ready yet to have those custom uh, together mode scenes uh, on there. Okay, but so for our, the for funny, our viewers, yes. what's it called? Uh, custom together mode scenes, I think. Okay, yes. so that was it. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't care about the viewers, no. but I wanted to make sure I wrote it down right. Yeah. So, so and the the Mister T comment was, of course, two days later. I pity the fool that's already creating uh, custom teams uh, together modes and already spending hours on it. And I was, I was you know, <laughs> replying, yeah, the, uh, kind no, of kind fit. of did that. Yeah. We talked, of course, a, a while ago about four or five podcasts ago about being able to. You know, have our team meeting in the gentlemen's club. Yes, exactly. Right, so. so this would just perfectly make sense to do something like that. Yes. Excellent. As a matter of fact, I will I will create one. <laughs> yes. I will create one. Have some stripper poles on there and then just yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. Okay. Somewhere to, to hang the the flip charts. Yes. And yes. the post its yes. Exactly. No, I get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of I course, of course. Yes. So is that it then? That was the what is exciting. That you? was you the create that, your own scenes. For me as a non developer, that was the best thing that came out of built uh for me. Well, one of the things that I, I saw a lot of just recently with this thing, this dynamic view stuff. Yes. So, yes. And, and now, of course, I know I've come down the pole a lot lower down to more practical <laughs> kind of things. Yes. So, so, those, so this dynamic views. I also got involved in the last few days with some of my users and they were basically complaining that, um, you know, the whole layout of teams and available space and yeah. it's, it's kind of poor and Microsoft yes. said, yeah, we are working on it, working on yes. it. So this dynamic views is a kind of first toe in the water around yes. trying to make better use of the space. Exactly. Itself. And even after, even having used Teams since it first arrived, and I know I'm not as an ever user of Teams as you are, uh, because some of my clients have been using apps from the other side Ooh, the dark side the yes. dark side mm -hmm. um but uh, i still don't find teams intuitive it isn't it's oh, trying that was to, very honest yes it's trying to it's trying to do too much okay so yes. it's trying to do a lot of things and they haven't quite yet worked out the best no, way of doing it but and that makes sense but around around this time last year they did a revamp of a number of things so they moved a lot of buttons around around this time of year yeah. and i think that already made it a lot better but yeah they they still got some work in front of them and i don't have the answers no i don't, and I don't think anybody has at the time no being. i think i think we've talked about before the fact that you make an application for you know hundreds of thousands of different mm -hmm. people yes it's never going to be perfect for exactly everybody. but i found myself in a meeting with uh a customer a few days ago trying to set up a, an MS Teams call, mm -hmm. fiddling around like a. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, just because I just couldn't. It, there's it. Uh, I'm losing my words here, but I'm trying to get the right term. Uh, it's not uh, the way I would expect to see it. It's not SharePoint. Mm -hmm. 
No. I think that's my problem. Yeah. I'm so used now to, well, no, I'm in the site and yes. I can do everything I want to. Whereas yeah. Teams is a bit more as a Windows 10 thing, which is I do everything from the outside of the application mm -hmm. kind of thing. But anyway, I'm sure that will get in better. But yes. Dynamic View does a lot about making the whole layout a little bit better. Yes. But it still does not give you a full screen when you are viewing somebody else's presentation. I have that's well, the biggest, biggest well, list they of users. actually made a very big leap on that one, and now they're so. Or there will be. Since, I no, guess. no, 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 no. It's already there. It's already. I'm, I'm giving a session on that on Thursday, so there is now a way with. Um, they they kind of changed how you present PowerPoint content in Teams. Yes. And they also have focus mode. So where you can yes. actually just look at what is being presented yes. and hide all the people and hide all the cameras. It's yes. not all there, but it's way better than before. But it's still not full screen. It's still not full screen, but it's almost full screen. So when you go to a user and you say it's almost full screen, do you think they're <laughs> going to be happy? Trust me, they aren't. Uh, no, I know. It's like selling an umbrella. It's almost waterproof. <laughs> yeah, that kind of doesn't cut it. But to be honest, that... that but it is better, I agree. The focus no, mode exactly. works well. And that, that whole PowerPoint presentation thing that changed... The best thing that changed is that you can now... Uh, so when you are giving a presentation... You can stand in the slide. Yeah, but that, that hasn't rolled out yet. So that's uh, that's coming. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. That's the, the presentation. It has rolled out. I, well, I, 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 I don't I have it, it yet, but... No, I did it the other day. Okay. Oh, cool. So, yeah. That's it, was, cool. it is quite interesting. The only thing okay. I miss is that if I was doing a weather forecast, I kind of have a monitor that showed me what was around me. So oh, I kind yeah. of want to go, yes, I'm, and now nobody can see me doing this, but I'm pointing to the title. To At image. 11 o'clock. Yes, there's that's this, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there was thinking, yeah, it would be cool if I could do that. But yeah, so Ooh, present to me. Okay. So, that was yeah, so you were sorry, going to go on something different. No, I need to I need to try that out, see yeah, if yeah. I've got it. Oh, that's pretty cool. But actually, when, when you're now, uh, instead of just sharing your screen, now you can just say, uh, okay, I just want to share this PowerPoint. And then you've got your presenter mode from PowerPoint. So you actually see your notes next to the chat, for yes. example, which it, it is, is very, very cool. brilliant. It's also very brilliant to actually see the chat while you're presenting. So you don't have to have two screens anymore. No. You can just see everything in one screen. But you have to trust that it's being presented the way you expect it to be presented. And yeah. I'm not saying it won't, it will go wrong, No, but not seeing it, exactly. that level of assurance. So when you have two screens, you mm -hmm. know exactly what people are seeing because yeah. you can see it. So yeah, that, yeah. that is a bit and, odd. And there's, there's also one, one caveat uh, to that as well. So if by default, if you're sharing slides, if you're showing slides, presenting slides, people can also just go through your slides on their own pace. And yes. you can turn that off, but it's on by default. Yes. And I really need to have that off by default because I just want to present. You can't remember to no, turn it off. No, I, I want to. I want to present my stuff. I don't want people to already go through the slides and say, "Oh, I okay." No, I do get it. And you won't remember to turn it off until you're halfway through the presentation. Exactly. When yes. everybody's gone because they've already got to the last slide yeah. and you're still rabbiting about slide number six. Exactly. Right. Yes. And yeah. So there's improvements uh, in, in those areas then. Uh, I yes. like the together mode. I hadn't noticed that. So I did make a note of that. So yeah. I'm going to play with that. Although I might wait a week or two so that we know we can upload it. I, yeah, definitely wait a bit because you, you can create them, but you can't show them yet. It'll be interesting when it, when it does work out, because imagine being able to record your podcast with your background whenever you want, instead of everybody being in yeah. a separate square. Exactly. If you use Teams as the recording for your podcast or yeah. your video podcast or vidcast, whatever you call them. Vlog. Then, yeah, yes. that one might be fun. You yeah. can have a different background. Yeah. And, uh, uh, if, anybody's, if anybody's seen any of the Whiskey at Ease videos on the YouTube channel, yeah. the new series, 2.1 to 2.3, we actually did some green screening and place ourselves in dodgy parks, flashing people by, give us a whiskey, <laughs> give us a whiskey. So, yeah, that was quite fun. Yeah. So some other, um, they're launching them as big changes, but they're important changes like yeah. sharing content. Yes. Yeah. So um, 
in the middle of meetings, I can kind of distribute or send out a PowerPoint presentation, Excel spreadsheet yeah. that everybody can get to. And um, and that, that is around as well. So that, that is here now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some issues with that. Some, some care is required um, because um, the permissions on the documents are based upon the host that is sending it, not the host that is the meeting. So... You get a meeting request, yeah, and mm-hmm. you get the link to the meeting a week beforehand, and then you can click on the meeting and open it and go to the files section, and you can see any files that the host has put in there. I can also upload my files, mm-hmm. but unless I share them, unless I physically make sure, and, and I have external sharing enabled yeah. on my tenant, yeah. then they won't ever see those files. Exactly. Which is yeah. kind of slightly confusing. Yes, um, I did that as well a few days ago where I was uh, sending logo files via the chat yeah. from my own tenant to another tenant. And, and then and, they couldn't yeah, see them. They couldn't open them. Yeah. The upside is your CISO team, your security team will be really happy because you know <laughs> they still own the content that you yes. think you're apparently sharing with people. Yep. So if you do have external sharing blocked, then uh, that isn't a risk as bad as you think it is. But it is something you need to be aware of. It's not a bug, it's a feature. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yes. But that that also made me think earlier this week as I was thinking about that, is that how easy it is for people to get the wrong impression of these applications and think that there's a real risk. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I did find that I could message somebody quite happily in and outside the company Mm -hmm. so if i'm in a meeting and i go to the uh if i'm invited to an external meeting and a day before the meeting i open it up and i add things into the chat then that is placed on the other end and everybody can see it yeah so uh you also have to kind of think about whether that's covered by dlp and and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. chats obviously are now part of compliance, yeah. their information. So you do need to say to people that if you share something on a chat, it will get through and stored for everybody to see forever and a day that comes to that meeting or however yeah. long the retention is for that meeting. So there are some things that need to be kind of uh, sorted out and, and, and governed in some way. Yeah, true. So, true. You know what? Other big thing also came out for Teams. Um, And that is actually the main thing that I'm going to talk about on Thursday um, is the webinar functionality. Now, the webinar functionality is actually just a Teams meeting with a few presets set, like these are presenters, they can present their content. These are attendees, they can't have their, um, they're, they're muted by default and they can't turn on their video for example, because they're attendees, yes? Pre-settings. Yes, exactly. But the big important thing that you have is the functionality to have a registration form. So you can have a registration form. You can brand that a little bit like a SharePoint page or more like like, uh, the events list, for example, that you get. So you can add a a nice-looking banner on top and you can uh, add some questions because people need to fill in what's my email address, what's the organization, what's my name. And you can actually get a a CSV file of those people that are registering for your uh, webinar. Cool. but, but that's, that is a really cool thing. And you can add your own uh, questions there as well. Like, what do you want to see in this webinar? Um, where are you coming from? What's your language? Whatever. Those, uh, those type of questions. Oh, so, neat. And you're, pre- yeah. and you're demoing that to your customer on yeah. Uh, Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, that is one of the things that they uh, also do. It's an, a knowledge management company. And they uh, do these webinars uh, for companies uh yeah yeah neat it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be really cool yeah and so um in terms of releasing this information there's a a blog issued every month uh on teams and improvements and new features yeah on the tech community blog you can find the what's new and they always have like this is rolling out and or rolled out um yeah, because it's it's at the end of the month, but not everything that they talk about is always rolled out for everyone. No, I mean some so. of these things in this particular uh, podcast, in this blog, mm-hmm. on this podcast, I'm getting really mixed up today. Yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. It's been a busy week. Yeah, already. Yeah, 
Um, so yes, uh, some of them are there and some of them aren't, and you, mm -hmm. we've just talked about that. That's uh, something you did and something I don't have. Yeah. So, um, so that's MS Teams then, really. Anything else to talk about MS Teams? Actually, I have a few things. Um, Go. Because th th it was such a long list this, this yeah. month. It was a really, really long list. I came across a, a, a kind of set of questions on something we touched on briefly a few podcasts ago, mm -hmm. which was about the channel calendars. Yes. And, um, and their functionality. Um, and the functionality of the main calendar and, and how it's linked to your Outlook. Yeah. So I had a bunch of users that were confused to hell about all of these calendars and sharing them and rolling them up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And that this seems like this is a recipe for something that needs more sort of control and management or yes. understanding. There, yes. There's no real logic to it. No, it's true. It's true because you can have... Uh, uh, channel calendar and that channel calendar is actually part of your group calendar because every time you create a team it's actually a group and a group has an, a mailbox and it's got a calendar attached to it that you can see when you go to outlook but that channel calendar all the events that you put on there are being put on the group calendar but you can't see it in other channels so it's it's definitely something that you need to wrap your head around if you want to play around with that. Now, if you've got a um, yeah, uh, you if you've got your calendar, if you've got the site linked into Outlook, of course, you do have access to the the group calendar or the team calendar there. Yeah, but not if you create the site in MS Teams. No, and then it's 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 that's actually one of the things that I ran into this week with a customer as well. They they had the same issue, and what you need to do is in PowerShell uh, give it a little parameter saying, "Look, make this discoverable in Outlook." Yes, because it's it kind of makes sense because if you're using Teams to do something you might not want to engage in the email bit as well because you're already using Teams for communication. So why would you also want to use the email address behind it? No, I get so, it. But from yeah. an end user, I, I noticed a question as I was turning my laptop off tonight. Um, can you please explain and justify why these calendars do and do not turn up in Outlook? I mean, yeah. they got really mm -hmm. confused about it. Yes. Sent the wrong link and I decided yeah. just to, you know, tomorrow. 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 Um, but tomorrow. what surprised me was it was a um, user voice change request. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I just don't quite understand why. But yes, yeah, so basically they said that if you create a site in MS Teams, we don't want it to be added to Outlook. Mm -hmm. As you say, there is a PowerShell fix. Yeah. Um, but most, from a user perspective, you don't want to have to keep going and changing all those calendars. So no. it's something in your governance that you need to kind of work out and something in your training. So yes. If yes. you want it to appear in Outlook, then yeah. create it from the SharePoint site. Exactly. Add it to Teams. Yeah, um, exactly. And, uh, and, and again, just to round this off, really, I think before we start talking about our whiskey, but as Jeff says, you know, these applications have their own focus. SharePoint mm -hmm. is for content. Teams is for collaboration. Outlook, of course, is communications. Yep. Um, and so depending on what you're actually trying to achieve, then, you know, you create it and, and you put it together to suit the end result, to suit the user story. Yeah, true. So yep. that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a good roundup on Teams. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, lots of content there, lots of things that you can now do, that you can now try out. Yeah, it's growing. And, uh, of course, it makes the adoption nigh on impossible, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's like you said earlier, like the, the user interface for Teams meetings is not always that logical. And with all the things that they're now bringing in, it's adding more buttons, it's adding more functionality, it's adding more possibilities. You need to be aware that all those things are there and that they exist and what you can and cannot do with those things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool, cool. Well, I think this is going to be a fairly short podcast, but I, yes. un unless we end up with a long whiskey section, which we might do in a moment or two. 
So, um, so anyway, that was Teams. And as I said, I think we'll talk on security score next time. Let's uh, do that. And, I uh, think that's a brilliant idea that we already have the topic uh, covered. Lined up. Dear listener, if there's anything you want to know about secure score, let us know so we can prepare in advance. Nobody for will let once. us know, Moraine. No. Nobody will tell us. Nobody yeah. ever tells us. No. We just do this for the fun of it. All yeah. those 25,000 people that listen to us every month, no, none of them ever send us a message. True. Get lonely. Well, no, no, they do. Every once in a while, Every they do. Every once in yes. a while, yes. That's true. Leave my wife alone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. Couldn't yes. resist that. No, okay, cool. So I, I really want to talk about um, uh, Feis Isla. That's the way you pronounce yes, it? Yes, Feis, Feis Isla. Isla. If you've never heard of Feis Isla, then, then look it up. Um, but don't plan on going unless you've got a lot of money. Because <laughs> Moraine and I, uh, a few minutes ago, uh, said, you know, let's do it. Let's book next year and go to Faisaila. And Faisaila is actually uh, on the Isle of Islay in Scotland. And it's their whiskey festival that runs for a week. Yep. Next year it runs uh, Whiskey the... and music festival. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a festival. Um, and uh, next year it runs from the 27th of May to the 4th of June, 2022. Mm-hmm. And if you want to try and find a hotel room, the only hotel that we could find was £4,500 for one room for that week. Yeah. So uh, maybe we need to think about booking for five years' time. Maybe we need to think about room. getting a sponsor on board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we should. But anyway, so yeah. because for the last few years, uh, Fice Isla has been virtual... Yeah. Then there's been very special whiskey. There's always whiskies created specially for that week. Exactly. Anyway, yes. blends of uh, single malts, yeah. etc. Um, but uh, you came across something rather special, didn't you? As yes. part of your email. So why don't you tell us uh, about uh, your receipts this year of the uh, Fice Isla? Yes. So every year I buy uh, a, a Fice Isla bottle. So uh, all the the nine distilleries on uh, Isla. They all bring out their own uh, Feis Isla special. And uh, this year I was looking at the Kilhoman website and they also have these tasting packs. And I saw these uh, experimental uh, tasting packs. So where the dear good people from Kilhoman, um, where they added their whiskey into uh, experimental barrels and they just see... What is what and what becomes of it? We um, we met um, the son of the owner of uh, yes. Killerman, one of the directors of Killerman a few, I suppose it's probably uh, 18 30, months ago. 30 it? podcasts yeah, ago. Time, yeah. Um, and uh, it was a really interesting conversation. We had him on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I could remember the number, but hey, have a look down the list. You'll, yes. you'll find it. Um, and we had a great conversation with him. And I talked to him specifically about you know, how you develop a whiskey, because they're obviously, I I, I want to use the word experimental because we're talking about experimental casks tasting kit. But he was very much saying that they they go with the flow. They try new things on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, And then, and I It's like every good relationship. You have to try new things on a regular basis. You have to. Yes. I think we should move on quickly though. (laughs) uh, My stand-up comedy will get me into trouble again. But... Um, one of the things I was saying was that surely you kind of ruin a whiskey. You know, if you decide, yep. hey, let's put some cinnamon in the barrel and see what happens. And you go, yeah, that don't work. You can't take it out again. No. And he was saying that, oh, well, there are ways. You can normally fix a taste one way or the other. So when you kind of said, hey, look, I've got these experimental casks from Filey Tasting Pack, I kind of got quite excited because this is obviously what they do when they... Mm-hmm. when they develop so we we actually tasted four whiskies earlier yes which is why i'm struggling with my words and getting podcasts and blog posts mixed up today um and uh they were from four different casks they were all cask strength yes you want to go with one and uh, yes yes I'll go so we started off with the uh, calvados cask which I really enjoyed, but I was also the only one that enjoyed that really, really much. Uh, it's got that distinct Calvados taste. It's got apples, red apples, pure red apples all the way. Um, I thought it was brilliant. 
It, it was good. It was only enjoyable. It was different. Yeah. Mm. I, I actually yes. have used three different words there. It was, it was good. It was enjoyable. It was different. And that's right. And you're right. It had those those apples, not fresh green apples like you know, no. like the Irish uh, whispers tears, writers tears. Um, so it was definitely red apples. A little, yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. a touch stewed. Little bit of antiseptic on on the nose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it wasn't. Uh, uh, it wasn't certainly a bad whiskey. No, but uh, interestingly enough, it wasn't enough, we, your favorite. No, 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 it wasn't. And interestingly enough, we did them in the order that they got listed on the website mm-hmm. for no other reason. But um, but what was really interesting was the harshness of it. You know, yeah. it was sixty-seven, sixty-two percent proof. Um, and when you the taste itself was okay, but the finish was kind of. Ooh, I didn't even know I had teeth up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kind yes. Of, ooh, yes. Yeah. Exactly. No, heavy on the alcohol. Yes. So it was an interesting contrast from that quite yeah. light, subtle, Calvados apple-y mm-hmm. finish, uh, sorry, nose, yeah. to that kind of finish that went boom. That shark bite that, got <laughs> yeah. you, that gets you in the end. Yeah. So that was, exactly. that was the Calvados cask. Yes. So we then, we then kind of moved on to a, a port cask. So this was less alcohol, so 57%, still cask strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one had aged a lot more. So this had been seven years in a in a port cask. Yes, 2014, uh, yeah. Yeah, and um, a limited release. So we should say that uh, they're one barrel and they divide them into small bottles and yep. then they, they sell them off. So uh, so that's what it's done. But but this I really quite liked. You could, you could tell that it had matured longer. So yep. even though the alcohol was still a reminder that it existed, um, that mellowness that the port taste brought forward was really very pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of fruits of the forest yeah. uh, kind of sitting in there and, and a range of tastes as it went through. That I found most of these four whiskies a little single dimensional. Mm-hmm. So the Calvados one was apples, apples, and yes. apples. Yes. You know? Pure. And this, yeah. this ruby one was tended to be kind of blackberries, fruit, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not over the top. Um, but it was slightly better for me even than the Calvados one. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I think it was that maturation. Seven years in, yep. in that, that cask had given it a really beautiful color. That, no that as well, that, yes. That red like brown this color was lovely. Little orange hue. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that, that was the port cask. What did you think yeah. of it? Uh, I liked it. I, I was really blown away by the Calvados cask, but that port cask uh, was definitely uh, good as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Neat. Definitely different, yes. And then I have to say, I think we go on to your favorite. And then we went to the cognac cask, which was not really my favorite. Oh, okay, I apologize. No, no, don't worry. This age, um, the memory's going. Yeah. Um, and, and that was... Um, that was not very outspoken. It wasn't. Good description. Let me just open up that little bottle again and have a little sniff. So this is... It was a, a, a quality oh. cognac. Yes, that cask, yeah, um, and uh, it, it it adds a depth to the spirit, um, and it was one of the first casks of this kind to be filled. Anyway, yeah. it was it it reminded us a lot like a like a straight bourbon cask. Oh, that's right, it was the bourbon yes. taste. Correct. Yes, it yes. really. If if you just said like this is a bourbon cask, we would just totally agree. Yeah, and move on. Exactly. Yeah. But okay, so that was the cognac, and then we yeah. come to the something called the STR cask. Exactly. Now we we had this conversation eighteen months ago where mm-hmm. they said they were experimenting with these casks, yeah. and they talked about the fact that they took a, a whiskey cask, they shaved it, a wine wine uh, barrel, sorry, a, yes, a wine yeah, barrel, yeah. yes. Sorry, guys, I do apologize to everybody. Yes, they took a, a red wine uh, barrel. Yeah. And they shaved it, so they basically shaved the, all of the, the heavy red stuff off, mm-hmm. um, toasted it, and then recharred it. Yeah. So it kind of had that hint of, of smokiness to it. Yeah. So, um, yes, that's what it was. And I have to say, I adored this. Well, yes, this we, is the best of the four. We all did. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It, yeah. it had a certain amount of depth to it. It, it was very much... Um, uh, it had a, a lot of... Uh, uh, oily. It was a lot more yes. sort of fat in there, yeah. and you could tell that on on the taste and on the back taste. Yeah. Um, and it went on a little while. It was another sixty one percent, but it was the least harsh of all four mm-hmm. whiskies. Yeah. So that's where yeah. what it was actually doing and what it was trying to do. So yeah. And you it, you get a lot of that red wine cask. You could definitely taste the the red wine in it. Yeah. 
and with a hint of smoke from yep. that charring, but not over the over the top. No, but and again, to, it hadn't been in there long either. So no. I think give me the, give this another couple of years, and I think it would be. And actually, Kilhoman they regularly produce an STR cask. Yes. So next time I see one in the store, I might be tempted to get one. I think I'm going yeah. to look out for one. Yeah. It was a, it was an interesting process. Definitely. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think this was an interesting podcast. It was certainly an interesting set of whiskies. It was a very pleasant surprise. I know yeah. you'd bought them, yeah. but to actually bring along them to, to taste as well yeah. and provide me with the box, that was brilliant. real pleasure. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was cool. And as you say, I think looking for those STR casks. So highly recommend to people. Um, the Killerman website does a mailing list. That's how you pick these things up, yep. um, as well as a few others. Um, as far as the file, the um, Feis Ela, uh, I also picked up a, a bit of a surprise this week looking at some. There was a very unusual glass called uh, the Angels Share yeah. a company, mm-hmm. a glass building company. They have a unique presentation of way of sealing a whiskey inside the glass as a memento. You can't drink this stuff, which is very unlike me. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, they were, yeah, they were doing a charity draw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if the whiskey's in the bottle, it should come out somehow. Uh, but that was a 27-year-old something Eiley whiskey. I can't remember mm. off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stare at that forever thinking, okay, am I going to drill a hole in this and yeah. you know, take it from there? <laughs> so there you go. Uh-huh. All right, good. Um, and teams. I, I think yep. it's a nice just to, to pick an application and sort of uh, see how it pans out and see where it goes yeah. and then see what happens. Oh, you're, you're going to get surprised here, look. Oh, da, it needs plugging da, da, in. Da, da, da. Da, oh. da, da, da. <laughs> All right. Let's call it quits. We yes. are definitely going to be finishing in less than an hour tonight. Oh, good. This is going to be a short one. Yeah. It is a short one. Yeah. yeah. Anything to add? Not at all. No, I don't think no. so. So there you go, folks. We can finish on time. For once. Yeah. Never been done before. Nope. <laughs> True. <laughs> true 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 all right yeah. so we're going to go because we've got some distractions down here the ladies are all sitting outside and they're trying to turn lights on on the patio and all kinds yeah. of stuff and it's obviously man's work of course and they're just yes. not capable or possible yeah. to deal with it so we better go and rescue them uh, yeah. and i'm sure ladies i'm going to get into trouble with this please forgive me it's just for fun exactly and uh i, I say if you get chance to uh to get some of these experimental casts find something different it's well worth a try if you are into whiskey and if you're into teams check out those monthly uh, blog posts yeah because that's how you'll keep on top of uh, all the new and latest and greatest and how you look like a rock star to the rest of the people in your organization exactly yes right. which is to be honest the most important part Absolutely, yeah. mm-hmm. absolutely. So, Steve Dolby here, Sai Steve on Google, on Sai, on Facebook. You'll find me. Uh, wishing you a very, very pleasant uh, evening, afternoon, or morning. And if you're running with this as well, and uh, yeah, we know a few people enjoy it. Uh, don't overdo it, and uh, make sure that you hydrate well. And uh, exactly. as always, Moraine, last words. So, same for me at uh, Marin Somers on Twitter and and all the other socials. Um, feel free to follow me to ask any question uh, around the podcast and um, if you've got any ideas things that we need to talk about uh, feel free to let us know and uh, with that I bid you farewell and uh, talk to you next time on our episode 62 bye bye we are not millennials we are mature. Steve, maybe more than Maren. Maturing the business like whiskey in a barrel.